Hey, how you doing, Ignite City Church? Hey, I want to take us real quick through Joshua chapter 4, just 13 and 14, uh, just those two verses. Um, and here, Joshua, just picture me standing there. They're getting ready to go um, take on Jericho. God has taken them across the Jordan River. They're, they're going to they're going to they're going to start this conquest of um, going in and taking the promised land that God said, this is what I'm going to give you. Um, and so Joshua's standing there. He sees this man who's standing there with a drawn sword in his hand. And so Joshua walks up to him. Now, I'm going to be honest. If I if I see him, <laughs> if I'm walking down the street and I see, a, I see a man that's holding a sword in his hand, I'm not sure that I would just walk up and start a conversation. But Joshua does. And so he, he just asks one question. He says, are you for us or for our enemies? And notice the response. The response is neither. Neither. I have now, I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. That's the one thing. And I've always loved this passage because it brings me back to center. So often I can find myself standing against people, and therefore I automatically think that God is standing against them because uh, I'm standing against them, that God's going to stand against those who stand against me. But we got to remember that God is about himself. God is about his glory. And I have no clue who it is that God has been working on their heart, that they would come to surrender to Christ. Again, we can look at our, our quote-unquote, our enemies, and we have a decision. We can either continue to stand against them, or we can do what Jesus said and love them. We also need to remember that those that we consider enemies might actually become our brother or our sister in Christ, just like Paul was the enemy of the church before he came to surrender to Christ, and then he became one of its greatest champions. And so when Joshua asks, are you for us or for our enemies? The commander of the Lord's army says, neither. Now, here's the thing. I'm convinced that this is what's called a theophany. And I've used that, I've used that word before um, here in the podcast and past episodes. But a theophany is pretty much like Jesus showing up pre-incarnate in a physical form. And the reason is that I believe that this is a theophany is because at the response that, that Joshua heard from this now commander of the Lord's army, it says that Joshua... Uh, hit the ground and he worshipped him. He worshipped this this person, and yet this this person did not stop Joshua from worshiping him. Here's why I think it's Jesus. In Revelation, and I don't remember the reference, but I know in Revelation is John is standing there and an angel is with him, and John has seen all this stuff happen, and he looks at this angel and he and he, he bows before this angel, and the angel says, No, 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 don't don't worship me. I'm a created being just like you are. And yet this, this one in Joshua 5 doesn't do that. That's why I'm convinced that this is Jesus. And so I'm just, I'm just every time I come to this passage, like I was saying, we got to remember Jesus is first and foremost about himself and about his will and about his glory. He's not picking my side or your side. And so I wrote this down as a reminder for me. I said, I, I wrote this um I said, I, th I think I write this down every time I read this passage in my journal. God isn't choosing between me and them. He's chosen me for himself, and I'm about to be about him, and I'm supposed to be about him. And with his choosing of me, he's for me and not against me, but he's not about what I'm about. Rather, he's about, he's about what he's about. And then he's called me to be about what he's about. So I wrote that in my journal, and I, it was just this constant, it's a, it's a great reminder. God is not about my stuff. When I surrender to Christ, I'm called, and I said, I want to be about your stuff. When I pray, hey, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, 
I just want your kingdom and your will to be done. It's not about me. So it's not about you doing my stuff or being about me. It's about me being in line and doing and being about your stuff. And then I just wrote this down. This thought came to my mind and I'm, it might be God. It might not be. I just really, I'm, I'm believing in, by faith. When I felt like there was just this reminder, just abide, just abide. And that's the thing that God has been bringing me back to over the last four or five years is to teach me to abide. And as I, abide, as I abide, I have to obey. I can't abide in Christ, remain in this constancy with God, on a, like not just on a every once in a while, but remaining, constantly remaining in relationship with him all day, every day. I can't do that unless I'm obeying him. And then I felt like, and then there was just this, this thought, just trust me. Um, and then the, the topic of discipline just started to come to my mind. A couple passages in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. Um, came to my mind. And the reason it came to my mind is we all face difficult times, right? And so it is during those difficult times where it's just kind of going, God, what are you doing? And what are you about? And why are you letting this happen? And why is it I feel like I'm going through this and other people aren't? And and then we can look at the world and see how many people are going through such like much harder things than we are. But it doesn't mean that we're not going through difficult things. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, uh, it says this, the writer says, endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons, or it could be sons and daughters. For what son or daughter is there that a father does not discipline? And when I looked at that word to endure, it means to remain or to tarry behind. It means to abide. And so there's that word again, abide. And I didn't know that that's what that word endure meant there, but there's this definition there of abide, to not recede or to flee. And so there's, here's this reminder again in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, just remain or abide in Jesus. The same one that Joshua met, it says, are you for us or for our enemies? It's like, no, I'm not about either one of you. I'm about me. I'm about, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Here's this God who's saying, okay, here he is, massive God of the universe, commander of the Lord's army, who also invites us to abide. But we have to endure. As we go through difficult things, we endure. Joshua's getting ready to start this massive conquest. And I guarantee that God is having to remind him, hey, I want you to endure. We see how he says over and over in chapter one of Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And so I think the same thing that God is wanting to say to us. When you continue on to Hebrews chapter 12, down to verse 11, it says this, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, here's why I think that this one's so important. When I looked up that word trained, it's actually, the, it's the Greek word, and I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's gymnazo, or gymnazo, or gymnazo, however you say it, but gymnazo, and it's where we get the word gym. And so think about it. We'll go back to that verse. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. In other words, be prepared to work out. Like we're, we're supposed to work out our faith with fear and trembling, but it's, it's going to, it's going to hurt. There's going to be things that happen in our lives that God is going to use in order to what? In order to train us up, in order to discipline is to train up or to prepare us. And so we can't, like, if we, I, th I think I've shared this before. I used to go to the gym and it never hurt. It, it never hurt when I did it until I met the personal trainer who made it hurt. And now when I work out, it's like, there's got to be some pain to it. 
either I'm gonna uh, if I'm going hard on cardio, then it's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taxed at the end of it. If I'm pushing hard lifting, I'm gonna feel it in my muscles in the next day, or hopefully there's muscles, but the next day I can feel it. That's good. That's that's a, that's a healthy thing. And as we follow Jesus, we need to remember we're supposed to be working out our faith. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good according to his good purpose. So we hold on to that truth, but right before that in verse 12, it says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Friends, we're supposed to take that intentional uh, intentional step forward with Jesus in this walk with him. But as we do, like we're going to work out our faith with fear and trembling. We're going to endure the difficult times and we're going to continue to go before God and ask him. We can ask him. We can be honest with him. Hey, are you for us or for our enemies? And he's going to remind us every single time. Neither. I'm, I'm not for you. I'm not for them. I'm about me. God is going to say he's about himself and he invites us to be all about him. And if we are, then we're going to love our enemies. We're going to pray for those who persecute us. We're going to obey because we're going to abide in Jesus. So a bunch of stuff was thrown through, was, was flowing through my mind this morning as I was spending time with Jesus in Joshua 5. I pray it's an encouragement to you. Guys, I love you more than you know. We'll talk soon.